releasing expectations that demand too much of you that you just can't accomplish. So kind of like eating that elephant, you know, just don't eat the whole elephant. What can you do today? Can you walk to the mailbox? Welcome to Power Up Your Performance, where we talk about how you can learn to think, feel, perform, and live like a champion. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to the show, everyone. My name is Kim Peek, and I am the author of Holistic Endurance Training, the integrated approach to thriving as an athlete. If you are looking for something to energize your life, I would love it if you would head over to my website at crushingmygoals.com slash launch to check out this new challenge I'm offering that will help you walk or run a 5K, energize your life, and connect you with an empowering community of women who are committed to living an active lifestyle and making the most out of each and every day. Today on the podcast, I am talking with Denise Zavitson. Denise is a speaker, author, adventurer, champion of change, and empowerment coach, and is dedicated to helping others create a life filled with joy and purpose by understanding, embracing, and practicing her seven daily principles for living. Following Denise's own experience with personal loss, culminating in a tragic accident that claimed the lives of three family members, Denise embarked on a personal pilgrimage, retreating to an isolated cabin in Tennessee to read, study, reflect, and identify practices that would propel her toward a life of greater joy and abundance. During this time, she was inspired to compose seven affirmations that have become part of her daily practice. These pillars of truth have helped her move past negative emotions and destructive habits to a place of purpose, joy, and abundance. Listen on as I talk to Denise Zavitson. Welcome to the show, Denise. I'm so excited to talk to you today. Thank you. Likewise, Kim. So you are an empowerment coach. I am. And what does that mean? You know, I think at the, at the purest sense of it, it means getting connected, helping people get connected to their authentic self and find their best path forward. And how did you get started doing that? Um, probably by failing many, many times myself. <laughs> That, that probably was the biggest one. You know, life is just full of, as, as you know, full of so many challenges and they can beat you down or you can say, this is a lesson. Let me step up to it and embrace it, learn from it and move on in, into a better place. And that's really how it started for me, probably from a very young age, um, approaching adversity, probably having some parents that said, you know, dust yourself up, get back on that horse. What have you learned and keep moving forward? So for the people who cannot see the view that I am looking at right now, you are talking to me from a houseboat. I am. Tell me a little bit about why you're on a houseboat. Yeah. So we have been on the houseboat. We just celebrated our second year and it was just one of those, you know, kind of a path to adventure. My, my husband and I have been married 10 years. He's been in the music business for 30 years. And we live in Nashville. So most people don't know you can have houseboats in Nashville. <laughs> There's actually a large river here. And um, we had just sold a, a 6,000 square foot studio where he worked. It was a home studio. And we said, you know, we don't really have that dream home we'd like to move into. 
and we were sitting having lunch outside of the marina. And I said, well, have you ever thought about living on a houseboat? And he said, not ever. And I think <laughs> within three months, we were living on a houseboat. And it was the first boat we've, he's ever had, including a kayak. Never, never had any kind of boat at all. And, and I'm really so proud of him because he's not a change person. He's not a person that embraces change easily, which I, I think is kind of a personality trait. But living with me, he's learned to. And so part of this has just been a big adventure. We've embraced it and love it to pieces. So when you live on a houseboat in Nashville, mm-hmm. do you stay docked most of the time? Do you tr- Where do you go? Yeah. So it is mostly just day trips. If we take, if we, because houseboats don't travel easily like cruisers do, you know, mm-hmm. they're kind of a shoebox in the middle of a lake. And so if it's windy, you can't travel. In our case, we do stay docked. But unlike the houseboats in Seattle, we can leave and go anchor out in the middle of the lake someplace and just enjoy our day, which we do often in the summer. And uh, yeah, it's like camping (laughs) a little. And so you live on the houseboat and then you have your full life doing whatever people do in Nashville, just like you just come home at night. And we come home at night. This is just home at night. And actually what, what we've Probably the the thing that we didn't know we'd find that was the biggest and best surprise is the community of people who live on houseboats are now our neighbors have become our the the best community of people who care about each other who spend time together you know we're just a very tight knit community we, and I would have never imagined that. See, so I'm so fascinated by this because I've always thought it would be cool to be one of the people who hops in their RV and kind of lives that life. But doing the same thing in a boat is really intriguing to me because I love water so much better. It's so, you know, those are, so meditation is a huge part of my practice Mm -hmm. and mindfulness. And I, I wake up in the morning and it doesn't matter if it's winter, which we also live here in winter and it can get down to 30 degrees, but we'll... I, I actually have a little propane fireplace up top and we'll go up top and sit and have coffee. And the, the ability to find places of meditation is just amazing here because you can see the morning sunrise and the sunsets and um, it's a real, we just love it. It's still an adventure. When it becomes not an adventure anymore, we'll find something new. Very cool. I love that. So in your coaching practice, You have something that you call the seven daily principles of living. Yeah. Can you tell us what, give us kind of an overview and we'll jump into what some of those are? Yeah, sure. So uh, these were developed, I say they came through me, not not from me, right? And they're basically, uh, I had been studying different philosophies, you know, Walden Pond and, and all different kinds of thought leaders. And I, I was able to discern that there are seven. And so, you know, those seven for me, do you want me to list them? or? or yeah, how? let's hear where they are. Yeah, so the first one is impermanence. You know, just realizing that each day we have, really every minute, is a gift. What are we going to do with that? How are you going to use that? Um, the second one is gratitude. Whatever you do, when you can place gratitude in it, it's like a secret ingredient in, ingredient in the sauce. And it can change your perspective on absolutely everything. And I think it's an essential um, the the third one is authentic connections, and that first authentic connection really is with yourself. And when you can become authentically connected to your true self, um, then then you can really begin to find your purpose and and some of those other things and live live in a in a purposeful way. 
and that includes connections also with nature and with and with neighbors and with friends and family and, and on and on. But but that's a big one. Um, non attachment, which is really about resilience and ability to 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 not get attached to maybe what people think you should be or some uh, misaligned uh, thought about yourself or about someone else. When we can not judge so much, but but just release our attachments and move forward, it allows us to be more resilient and, and able to change. Change is the next one. And, and change really is about, you know, the idea that our world is in constant motion. Things will change. That's just a given. And how we respond to that change is how we can, is the determinant with that we have, the, the ability that we have is how we respond to change, not whether there is or isn't change. Uh, resisting change can cause more trouble vis-a-vis the, the non-attachment. Um, the sixth one is inner knowing, which comes from that, that authentic connection with yourself. There's just, I, I call it listening with your heart because there is a knowing in there that, that can inform you on the decisions uh, of moving forward and living your best life. And then the last one really is mindful responsibility. And, and that really comes down to understanding that we are all connected, the, each of us. And every teeny, you know, kind of that butterfly effect, every teeny movement we make, every decision we make will have implications for other people. And maybe just taking, it, it includes the mindfulness aspect. So if I'm being mindful of my actions, then I'm going to um, impact the world differently than if I'm just kind of on autopilot. That And those are my seven. Those are great. So one of the things that I had, I had breast cancer almost five years ago. I'm coming up on five years that I started my treatment. Yes. And one of the one of the things that somebody told me to do while I was going through treatment, I think kind of hits on a couple of those. Somebody told me that every single day, even if I didn't feel like it, I should take a picture of something that made me happy or something that was positive in my day. And at the time I thought, Oh my gosh, this is the corniest thing, but I did it anyway. And when I look back through those pictures, it really is amazing to me. Because I can see that there really was something good in every single day. And sometimes you had to look for the tiniest little thing, but just in the act of looking, it it just kind of lifted your spirits. Yes. It's a different lens you're putting on, right? You're putting on that lens that says, I'm, I'm focused now. My intention is to find something. And, and then that's what starts to come into mind. I think about that when I went back to um, when I when I was a little kid and I wanted a horse, right? And ever and I was praying for a horse. I really wanted a horse. And every time it seemed like everywhere I looked, there were horses. Everybody had horses. You know, you kind of focus on that stuff, and that's what comes up. And I think that works that way. I I got goosebumps when you were telling me that. I love that as a practice. Yeah, um, I give that advice to everybody, and I'm, you know, I'm sure there's sometimes people are like, "Would you quit giving me all your advice, lady?" But <laughs> I just think that was one of the most helpful things people told me when I was going through it, and so I just think it's so valuable. Now, you also say that there are blessings or gifts within some of the most tragic circumstances. Yeah, what makes you say that? Well, I, I went through a, a pretty big loss. I, I was 40. So I was already going through, you know, my children were getting older, empty nest syndrome and had gone through a divorce. I knew what loss was. And then one day I got a phone call 
that said it was it was actually one night my parents had been killed in a car crash my sister who was at the time 46 i think um was driving and she was left in a coma and so i mean this tragedy it kind of comes on you and what what i learned through that and it wasn't an immediate understanding and saying oh this is good in this but what I learned in it was there were there were good things that came out of it. As tragic as it was, it brought the family closer together. It made me, it brought me to these affirmations that I created. And, and it brought me to an understanding, the ability to look within and say, what does life mean? Where is my purpose? There's no guarantee we're going to have tomorrow as I've just learned. And so how can this, how can we turn this into a better thing and then maybe even share that lesson with others um and and i think you mentioned before put that lens on where you find something good in the day the the next step in that often is to say all right you know my husband left me i've had cancer where can i find the good even in those pieces and and that provides for that resiliency it allows you to make to feel strong enough to move forward with change when it becomes a lesson that that makes you stronger yeah wow so you say that you also ran through tragedy talk to us a little bit about being a runner yeah well i i am i'm a risk taker (laughs) but so like i've i'm a cave diver and and i i shouldn't say i am i was a cave diver certified cave diver jumped out of airplanes and i I think I was always seeking that heightened meditation, that singular focus that is kind of meditation, you know, where everything else drips away or melts away. For me, I found that when I started running, something I could do every day and sometimes twice a day, you know, it was that moment where I could go into a meditation or a mindfulness and just, and I, I didn't typically wear earbuds for music or anything because I, I really did it with an intention of trying to find that meditative place in myself, but it was a lifesaver for me. It was that routine. It was the, when the, you know, when the alarm went off, I knew that I could have, you know, whatever I would drink and then get up and and go out. So it was part of a routine that became automated. And the times where I felt like, oh my gosh, I can't get out of bed. I'm so distraught or I'm so depressed. How do I keep moving forward? And that for me was a lifesaver. And then the gift in it was that meditation that kind of came into play where I, where I turned off the judgment and the replaying of last night's events or, or, you know, wherever, wherever I was worrying over and just stayed in place with the running. It was magic for me. That is one of my favorite things about running. I know for a lot of people, they like to run in groups. I have done that a little bit, but for me, I really enjoy running by myself a lot more because in the mornings, I'll listen to a podcast, kind of get my positive attitude going. But sometimes I'll just run and listen to some music that I'm not really listening to or run completely without earbuds in for the same reason, because you just, it's a time to think. Sometimes yeah. I even find that even if I'm listening to a podcast, my mind is going somewhere off. And all of a sudden I'm like, I know what that person just said, because I've been talking to myself this whole time, but I think that's so, so good for people. And I think it's a benefit that of running that people don't always think about. We so many hardcore runners think of the finish line and the training plans and all of that. But 
I think there's so much more to running than that. Uh, absolutely. It's a very inward, you know, it's a physical workout, yes. But for me, it's very inward. It's a solitary experience for me. Um, and, and I'm like you, I love running in groups sometimes. And certainly, you know, I talk about the authentic connections and that rush that happens when you are in that half marathon or, or marathon or 5k even, and you're joined with that mass of other people is that connection is kind of one of those goosebump bump moments. But, um, but the therapeutic piece of it for me is when you're running alone and Mm-hmm. focused, you know, and, and able to, to just kind of go into that zone. Yep. And I have talked about this a ton on my podcast and in my book, but when I was going through cancer treatment, I ran a 5k for every round of chemo. And then I did a half marathon at the end with some friends to celebrate. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't about how fast we went. It was about having a goal, something to get me out of bed and keep me moving every day. And it wasn't like an amazing finish time, but that wasn't the point. The point was to have fun and to have something to look forward to and to have something to celebrate. And so I um, can really relate to a lot of what you've, what you've said there. Yeah. Yeah. The running was, it was definitely has been and continues to be. I, I think I started running, you know, in, in high school and oh, it's wow. still a big part of my day. So do you still run now that you're on the houseboat? I do. We, in fact, I just got back a little bit ago. My hair is kind of wet. <laughs> <laughs> this is, yeah. A lot of times when I record my early morning podcast, I'm like, okay, I'm glad I don't use my video file because here I am with my wet hair coming straight from my run. Well, that's what I was doing this morning was frantically looking to see if this was going to be video or not because of that. <laughs> yeah. Funny. Yeah. Now, when was the last time? What what distance do you prefer? Um, usually, I do three miles on a daily, and then if I'm training for a half marathon, obviously I do something. I I do more of a routine. Uh, the very first half marathon I ever ran was the year I turned fifty, and I made a little, um, uh, you know, sign saying "Follow me to 50. So um, it it was it was like a magical thing. But I did get a I trained with a group of people and that was maybe one of the best things I ever did. Just, just that there's so much knowledge that you need to, to yes. really successfully and healthily run a marathon. I remember I got to the very first training where we did, I think it was nine miles maybe. And I came back limping and I went up to the coach. I, my hip was just killing me. And I said, I can't do this. I don't think I can do this. I'm not made for this. And he said, what are your shoes like? And I said, I don't know. They're just shoes. And, and he sent me to the shoe place to get some new shoes. And I, I put on, I got fitted, right? Always before I just bought them. Yeah. And I fitted for shoes and I walked out, came to the training the next day. And like, I was just blazing. I ran so well and it, not a sore bone in my body. And I was so, pre- so excited to know, oh, awesome. you know those things that you can learn from like books and, and, other people have gone before you. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so it, it was a, it was a really great thing that I did then. And I'll typically try to find some other people who are training at the same time. The last one I ran was two years ago, the national music city marathon. And I did the half. 
I haven't done a, a whole yet, and I don't know that I will. We'll see. So you mentioned that you are over 50, and I have lots of people who ask me, you know, I'm 45, I'm 50, I'm whatever. Is this too late for me to start? What would you tell them? Oh, I'd say it's never too late. I, I think I just saw an article the other day of a woman that was like 101, and she was a sprinter. Yes. Yeah. And, and I think it's never too late. If you've got the heart, there's always a way you can do it. I, you know, people ask me in the same way about marathon or about meditation. I, I don't know how to meditate. And I said, can you breathe? Yes. Well, then you know how to meditate. Just focus on your breath for three minutes instead of 30 minutes or an hour setting your sights too, too long. Um, and, and then I say, well, if, you know, if, if you ask me if I can golf like Tiger Woods, or I don't know who the big one is now, but I can't, but I can go swing a golf club and have fun doing it. And maybe that's the thing I think about the running. Um, I started, I didn't start like any kind of real racing half marathon until I was 50. Um, but I certainly believe that if you want to, you know, if there's a will, there's a way. Yeah. And, and for me, it's a big one is intentions and attention. You mentioned the intention of just getting out there. And when you, when you set those markers for your, you know, with your friends and being able to celebrate your intention was to be able to, to do these races and you put your attention each day to making that happen. And, um, and, and I think that works a lot in whether it's running or whether it's meditating or whether it's, you know, reaching goals. So what do you think for, I'm still talking to a lot of people who are really struggling we might be getting to the edge of this COVID situation where the world is finally starting to open up, but maybe not because in some states it looks like we're going to spike again. But what do you say to the people who are just really struggling with doing anything productive? They're just kind of stuck. I, it seems to me that the principles that you're talking about here really would work well in that situation. Do you have some thoughts on that? I think they do. And I'll tell you, I jumped, I jumped ahead a little bit as I was launching my, I was creating an online course and some things to, to share these teachings. And when COVID hit, I jumped ahead a little bit and I started a podcast. And one of the things I did was record my affirmations so that people could listen to them each morning if they were doing just what you're talking about. I think our natural reaction when change happens and stress occurs is a, a certain personality types will come inward and, and will say, I just, I, I can't, I don't know what to do. I don't know whether it's dangerous. I don't know whether I need to wear a mask, how, do, how often, you know, all those questions that we don't have answers to. And so we have to be okay with that. And I think those, those affirmations play into that a little bit, but in terms of, you know, having an intention each day, however small, and then releasing expectations that demand too much of you that you just can't accomplish. So kind of like eating that elephant, you know, just don't eat the whole elephant. What can you do today? Can you walk to the mailbox? Can you, can you call a friend who needs maybe who might need to hear from you? So that little bit of service, you know, connections with others. And if, if I can serve somebody else, maybe that will be enough to get me one foot ahead and then you know one foot leads leads to the second foot and or the second step and 
And I think before you know it, you know, you've run a marathon, right? Yeah, <laughs> I was just going to say, as you were saying that, hmm, it sounds a little bit like a running a marathon. Yeah. It's a little bit yeah. like a plan. <laughs> if somebody wants to start using affirmations, how do you suggest that they get started with that? Is there a certain time of day you do this? Do you do it throughout the day? How do you do it? Yes and yes. <laughs> so uh-huh. I think the the affirmations is find one that, that you know, and, and you can script your own affirmation, but it, it really is about what your intention is. And then you, you pay atten- you pay for your intention. Achieving your intention is really by paying with your attention. But for me, I start my day with affirmations. And sometimes I will listen to mine on repeat. Um, the affirmations say, you know, in the present form, I, as, it, as though it's already done. Um, and, then, and then I say them almost as a meditation throughout the day. If times are stressful, which of my affirmations do I need to kind of go back to and remind myself of? Today's a gift. You know, I don't, it may, it may be my last. What can I do today to make it? And I, I have that affirmation, you know, written out so that it becomes almost like, you know, the prayers we learned as kids. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's a memorized uh, event. And then it kind of kicks in as an autopilot kind of thing. And do you teach this in your online course? I do. Okay. I do. So you mentioned you have a podcast. Tell us about your podcast and then also just how to find you online. Yeah, my podcast is is really more of my um, more essays, and I they're they're audio essays, and they're on Spotify and and on iTunes and on and my website. Gone. Pardon me, it, uh, it's called Awaken to Joy. Okay, Awaken to Joy, um, because what I think people are looking for is that you know happiness, and I use this analogy. If you go on Facebook and you're like. Oh, that person's at a concert. They must be happy. They look so happy on this picture or that picture. And it winds up making a lot of people depressed because they're they're chasing after happiness. Like you might chase after a rabbit, right? It's hard Mm -hmm. to catch. Yeah. And and they're fleeting. When you, when you have joy, it's inside and it, it, it never goes away. It is there in good times and bad times. And there's a joy that each of us has as we move through life, when we can find it, uncover it, because it's already there, um, then life can be more satisfying and, and, and more fulfilling for us. Um, so anyway, my podcast, on, on it's just at Denise Wool, Denise Zavitson on, I almost got my last name wrong, at Denise Zavitson on all of my social media. Okay, and I will put all the links in the show yep. notes so people can find it. So I have one last question for you. Power Up Your Performance is all about learning how to live, feel, think, and perform like a champion. What are three traits that you believe all champions possess? Yes, that's such a a great question. And for me, I think champions, all champions possess the ability to be resilient in change, to be empowered in change. I think, so that would be my first one, would be change. The other one would be that they live in gratitude, that each moment, each breath is a grateful is something they're grateful for, the people around them they're grateful for. And then probably the third one would be that they take action, that they know that there's, today, each day is a gift, and they'll be present in each day with, 
whomever they're with. And I think that makes a champion. I love those. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Is there anything you wanted to tell us that I forgot to ask you? Oh my gosh, I don't think so. This has been so much fun. And I love, love, love your podcasts. And I'm a fan of your, I, I've been all over your website. And <laughs> I'm just excited to, to be part of your community now. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you for taking time out of your day to listen. I'm Coach Kim Peek of Power of Run, and you can find me at www.crushingmygoals.com or on all social media as at sign power of run. If you liked this episode, be sure to give the podcast some love over on iTunes and remember to subscribe. As a new podcast, your reviews and stars and subscribes will help me grow the audience so that I can share my love of health and fitness and bring more experts to the show. Power up your week, and I will catch you next Tuesday.